All right, welcome back to the Lowe's Shepherd Podcast with Pastor Jay and Travis Welch. Uh, today we're going to pick back up in Chapter 4 and finish out Chapter 4, hopefully today, uh, as we continue this theme that Paul has started back at the beginning of Chapter 4 about what it looks like to walk in righteousness, to, to, to be a follower of Christ. Uh, last time we talked about, you know, this is who you were as Gentiles before, walking in the futility of your mind and the darkness, foolishness of your heart, uh, corrupted hearts, and walking mm. in sensuality. We taught our licentiousness. Licen- yeah, yeah, yeah that, licentiousness or that, lasciviousness. Lasciviousness, yeah. That's, that's I think fun. both those words play in there. <laughs> that's a fun word in the King James. But anyway. Uh, and so, but but we didn't learn Christ this way. He's telling them. He's like, you know, this has nothing to do with Christ. You need to take off that old self, like an old dirty cloak, and throw it away, and put on the new cloak that mm-hmm. is Christ. Put on Christ. And so, he's going to break down here. We're going to pick up in verse twenty-five today, and he's going to really start breaking down some specifics about this is how you're supposed to act, walking uh, in a manner worthy of the calling in which you've been called. Going back to chapter four, verse one. And so uh, picking up in verse 25, Travis is going to read through the rest of this yeah, chapter. Yeah, we're determined to finish we're chapter finish 4. I think we've, uh, we've made this one longer than we have any other Probably chapter so, so far, haven't we? Verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Amen. There's a, there's a lot in this passage. I mean, he, he covers the whole gamut of stuff. I counted actually seven uh, different things that he talked about there as we were reading. Uh, but just jumping in there in verse 25, you know, therefore having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Uh, and so there's the very first step. Don't be a liar. <laughs> yeah. You know, be truthful in your dealings and the way that you speak to one another. Um, you know, now, I mean, we, we should speak the truth in love. I think uh, there, there are too many Christians that feel like... Uh, you know, I must yell and shout the truth to you and, and be, you know, snarky about it or condescending about it. That's certainly not the way that, uh, you know, we should be behaving either. It's like you, we speak the truth in humility and love because the, the truth is not our truth. It's God's truth. It's not like we came up with this idea, you know, and, and, and by the same token, when, when they're attacking the truth, they're not attacking us personally, although we tend to take it personally. Uh, they're attacking the truth of God. And so, but we should, you know, deal uh, truthfully with our neighbors, and, and with neighbor, we're not talking about the guy that lives right next door to you. We're talking about anybody that's around us that we come in contact oh, with. Could yeah. be a coworker, could be you know, could be a fellow church member. But you know, just dealing truthfully with one another in every in every dealing that we have, and it says for we are members one of another. You know, we're we're all we're all part of the. We're in this race. together. We're yeah. all in this together. Yeah, we we've all got in this. We all got the same sin problem and the and the same solution to that sin problem. So. I go back to the basic outline at the first when we started off in Ephesians. You know, that first chapter or two, he was talking about 
the doctrine of salvation, how it was in Christ. And then he, he talks about the, the new man, how he's going to do the bring the, the Gentile and Jewish believers to make one new man and how the Gentiles were going to come into the church and things like that. And Paul talks about his part that he had in advancing the gospel and in, in, in advancing the church and the kingdom of God. And then in chapter 4 here, we got to be reminded this is our part in advancing the kingdom and advancing the gospel and, and the church and things like that. And just listen, man, be honest with one another. Uh, don't be truthful. Um, you know those kind of things play into effect. Don't don't uh, be angry and everything. But that whole verse twenty five, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. There should be something that distinctively sets a believer apart from everybody else. And when you start looking through all these verses here, as we go through them, a lot of stuff about the words we use, mm -hmm. the spirit in which we speak. What uh, the say, way in which we speak and things, there's, you know, there's got to be a distinction here. And as you were saying that, it made me think of something too. Like I'm, I'm going to include manipulative behavior in this oh, as that's well. Good. Because, Absolutely. I mean, you know, we we tend to not think of that as being lying, but it is. If you if you're like trying to you know butter up or manipulate your neighbor into getting something that you want, I mean, there there are books written on this. I mean, I, I what how to manipulate? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was I saw yeah. this book in the store one time. It was like yeah, it was like the thirty eight laws of seduction or something like that. Oh and my it, gosh! And it was it wasn't just about like trying to get a woman, but it was this whole idea of how to manipulate yeah. people into getting what you want. Be a good pastor's manual. Yeah. 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 I think I think a few members, church members, yeah. have already read it. Yeah, but anyway, so then you know, so yeah, speaking truthfully, not manipulating one another, being genuine and authentic is is something that every Christian should strive to be. You know, we're we're like we said, we're all in this together. We're all struggling. We all suffer. There's nobody got it all together, and so don't, and like don't try that. to be manipulative and lying. Yeah, I like one that. Another. We are members one of another, and truth mm -hmm. is, we need one another. Yeah, you know, we need each other. And so I like that. I like the way he puts that together. But he says, "Be be you not angry and sin not. Mm -hmm. you know, let the sun go down on your." And now keep in mind too, these are like things he's saying. This is a choice, a decision. Listen, um, don't don't do this. Don't be angry. You know, uh, don't don't be telling falsehoods about your neighbor. Don't be lying. You know, speak the truth. And so we're reminded of that. You wouldn't think he'd have to tell us that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. It should be something in us to say, yeah, you know, I need, I need to speak the truth and everything. We need to be reminded once or twice or a million times. Yeah, but yeah. listen, guys, he says, this, don't do this, do this. And we choose. Okay, I'm going to be honest with my neighbors. Well, I think, I think it's interesting here in verse 26. He says, be angry and sin not. You know, be or in your anger, do not sin. Yeah, uh, and I think it's important to to make that distinction. Anger in itself is not a sin. Anger is just an emotion, like any other emotion. No, no emotion is sinful in and of itself. It's how you you know use it and what you do with it that kind of determines whether it's a sin. You know, if something happens to you, you get angry. That's just a natural response. It's what you then do with that. So if I get you know if I smash my finger, I get angry. That's not a sin. That's just a reaction. If I smash my thumb and I get angry and I start cursing the Lord, then that's yeah, yeah. that's a sin. Or you know, if someone you know cuts me off and I get angry, that was just an initial reaction. But if I you know they cut me off and I get angry and I start honking the horn and yelling you know obscenities at them, then it's a sin. And so, you know, be careful and watch your anger and and not sin in your anger. 
Uh, and then he says, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. This is talking about holding a grudge. And, right, right. And I, I've talked about this before. I, I can't... <laughs> I can't fathom, and we're, we're going to talk about this again, where it talks about forgiving one another as God in Christ gave, forgave you, but it's unfathomable to me for a Christian to hold a grudge, because Man, we have been up. forgiven so much. And of course, my, my favorite um, parable that Jesus tells is about the king that forgives the great debt of his servant. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he owes like a million dollars. I mean, you know, whatever the, the equivalent is, modern equivalent of the talents, but it's like a ridiculous amount of money. And he forgives him that great debt, and that servant turns around and doesn't forgive the like $50 debt that his fellow servant owed him. Uh, and then the king finds out about him and throws him in jail. And so, you know, in the same way, Jesus says, if you do not forgive from your heart, God will not forgive you. And so if you have been forgiven of all your great sins that you have committed against God in Christ, how can you not forgive the tiny yeah. offenses that your fellow man gives to you? So, I mean, yeah, it's okay to be angry, but it's like at the same time, you, you forgive and you move on. Um, you, I, you can't hold a grudge. I've heard of the term righteous anger right. before. You know, like Jesus turned the table and the yeah. money changer tables over and all of that kind of stuff. But we know he didn't sin because mm-hmm. Christ had no sin, you know, but... There are those times that, you know, like when I hear the Lord's name taken in vain or something, man, that, that angers me, you know, but I'm not going to lash back out and cuss them out for right. for, do, for doing it. But, uh, uh, you know, there's certain things that do anger you when you are being, uh, you know, when something is directed at you or something. But the, but the natural instinct is if, some, you know, eye for eye, tooth for tooth kind of a thing. Like if somebody does something for me, to me, well, I'm going to get back at him somehow, and we can't allow that to kind of. Which, of course, Jesus says that someone insults you, or they slap one cheek, turn the other cheek, and let them hit that one too. You yeah, know, you don't you don't give back for back. Yeah. But that's hard to do sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then he says in verse 28, you know, or verse 27, give no opportunity to the devil. So that's tying into this anger thing. It's like if you are angry and you turn it into sin, you're giving opportunity for Satan to get in there and hold that grudge and to hold resentment and bitterness and that builds up within your heart. You're, you're allowing him a stronghold, a fortress within your heart. Yeah, it'll just eat uh, you it'll up. It'll just eat you up, exactly. And I think here down here somewhere, I think oh, just down a few more verses, that word bitterness pops up. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, we're going to revisit it for sure. Mm-hmm. Verse 28 says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. I love this. It's not just, you know, let the thief work so he can feed himself. It's let him work so that he can have enough for himself and enough to help others in need. So it's, it's like going above and beyond. <laughs> I see uh, when I read, it's, it's, it's along that line of, we are called to a higher degree of righteousness mm-hmm. than what the than what the law even demands. And you remember those verses, like Jesus would say things like oh, that. He uh, say it says that thou shalt not kill. But if you have hatred in your heart mm-hmm. for your brother, you've committed murder. And thou shalt not commit adultery. But if you've looked upon another person with lust, well then you've committed adultery in your heart. Along that line, and when he says that you, thou shalt not steal, you know, that's a commandment of mm-hmm. the Lord too, but it's not enough just to not steal. What are we supposed to be about doing? But we're supposed Being to be graciously giving, working yeah. with our hands, laboring so that instead of stealing, we're giving away mm-hmm. what we have. So we're held to a higher degree of righteousness and, than just not stealing something. 
you know, because we, we sit here and think, well, we're not thieves. You know, we don't steal anything, but it's not enough just to not steal. You're supposed to be generous and you're supposed to be mm-hmm. giving away what, what you have. Uh, not just you've got enough for yourself and then you've got, you've got plenty to give to others as well. But the other thing I think of when I see this, it says, uh, he says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. That whole give to him that needeth. Mm-hmm. See, this goes back to like, what was it, like chapter 3 or 2. I don't remember once, but when Paul said something about what God has given me, I now give to mm-hmm. you word, you know. And that's what the challenge was to us. Whatever God has blessed you with, what are we supposed to do with it? Just hoard it well, and keep others. it to ourselves? Yeah. No, Paul said, I've been given this revelation concerning the new man, what the, what the Lord has revealed to me, I'm now given to you. And if you, if you remember when we talked about that in that lesson, we, we did that. You know, we talked about how when God blesses us, we're supposed to be to you word kind of a thing. And so I see that kind of playing out here. Whatever God's blessed, he blessed you with a job. You got, you know, you've got the means to bless others with it. So when you receive, whether it's through your working uh, vocation, whatever it may be, it, it is supposed to be given out as well. Oh yeah, let's let's go there. Let's talk <clears throat> about money uh, and and the problem that Christians have with money, and uh, especially in America, where we're all about our comfort and the security that we have that comes from that money. And uh, it seems like giving uh, all across the board is is down in American churches, and it's not just COVID. It was a you know a situation that was starting even before COVID hit, uh, and then of course now the current inflation problems, but. You know, it, you've got those, you know, and I, I don't know what it is. It's something like the average giving of, of your typical Baptist church in America is something like 1.7%. You know, and I mean, yeah, you know, I know yeah. we, don't, we don't uphold the tithe per se like the Old Testament times, but it is supposed to be, you know, that's a good rule of thumb to start with, and it's supposed to be gracious, generous giving. And so, but you've got, you know, the those that hold on to money because it's like, well, why does God need my money? I need my money more than God does. But we have to remember that we get that job from God. We have our livelihood from God. God has blessed us with all these things so that we can bless others yeah. with it. What is the verse uh, And if we're not going to be generous uh, with it in helping and, and uh, Lord loves doing a cheerful ministry, giver. Yeah. Well, what is the, there is a verse. We'd have to look it up because I don't have it on the top of my, mm-hmm. tip of my tongue. But... Uh, you you give as according to you how you are blessed. You mm-hmm. you you bless as you have been blessed, and mm-hmm. so uh, as as the Lord blesses you, you bless others. Is the idea? Well, of course, going all the way back to the Old Testament, I think it was Micah where it talks about you know you have robbed me. Well, how have we robbed you? Oh, because you have not brought your tithes into the to mm-hmm. the temple, and uh, you know in the same sort of way, it's like we we rob God when we're not helping others through the generosity of what He has blessed us with, and so in that sense, we are all thieves. Well, can uh, be and, you know even Christians can be thieves when we're not being generous with the with the resources that God has given us. But what He's t- telling us here, we should be able to give to them that are in need mm-hmm. around us, and so uh, it, it it goes back to that stuff He's already taught previous in this chapter, mm-hmm. even about. However, the Lord has blessed you, you just bless others with. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Um, I've heard people preach on this before. I was like, this corrupting talk is like what they call locker room talk. This is, you know, dirty talks, dirty jokes, that kind of stuff. 
I, I mean, I, I certainly think it includes that. As Christians certainly should not talk like that, but I think that's rather limiting it. Uh, corrupting talk, and, and my understanding here, based on the context, is uh, anything that is not encouraging and uplifting, essentially, because he's going to go on later, like we talked about, about bitterness and slander and things like that. Um, if you're, if you're, the things that are coming out of your mouth is bitter sarcasm and hatefulness and you know smiting and slanderous, you know that's corrupting talk. It's not building up. It's not encouraging. We need to be aware of our words and the way we speak them, the manner in which we speak them. I mean, I know even for myself, I've done a lot of harm uh, to people with some of the words and everything that I have experienced. Maybe sometimes out of anger, you know, we just got that warning there a minute ago, too. Or you ever, you know, you ever say something, well, I wouldn't have said that if you wouldn't have done that or something like that. Kind of like blaming the other person for your cursings or something that you laid out on them. But we have a tendency to do things like that. But we, but he said, don't do this. And see, this, this is a conscious volitional kind of awareness that we need to have about ourselves. He says, don't do that. Do this, Mm -hmm. you know. And so we make we need to make some choices. We need to make some decisions. And uh, if it is your tendency to want to lash out in anger, you know, try, you got to keep yourself kind of in check and uh, don't do that. Because I remember one time when he when he when he sits here and talks about what it, what, what's the word here he uses about uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Our words need to be edify you know edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. One time, I had my youngest son, one time I criticized him or something, and I wasn't even young. I don't even think I was yelling at him. But uh, Lord knows I did my fair share of yelling at people. But um, I, um, uh, I remember one time I said that he had a personality of a rock. <laughs> and... And he, you know, he's kind of a he's kind of an introverted kind of a person compared to my other kids and stuff like that. But forget all of the affirming kind of things I've spoken to him in the past. How much I love him and you know all that kind of stuff, positive things I've instilled into him. One time I told him that he had the personality of a rock, and I think maybe I might have said it in some kind of anger or something like that. But man, that 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 is something that I told him. I think he might have been in junior high, high school or something like that. And to this day, you know, he's an adult, yeah. you know, but he will remind me of that, that, that uh, dad once told him that he had the personality of a rock. And I don't know, it, it just wasn't probably the right thing to say, but I didn't realize how yeah. much it hurt at the time that I said it when I should have been trying to say something that was edifying Instead of edifying, I was tearing down in my words. And so we're all guilty of this kind of stuff, man. Well, you know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's just a lie. Yeah. You know, words hurt. Words are powerful weapons when they're used you know, poorly. And yeah, we, the, the, you know, of all the thousands of positive affirming statements someone might have said to you, the one negative thing is the one that sticks with yeah. you. It's absolutely true. And, but we need to be mindful of that. We need to be able to speak these things. Speak yeah. words into people's lives, you know. That is good for edifying and building yeah. up, that it may give yeah. grace yeah. to those that hear. Yeah. You know, even when I see people that I'm maybe I'm not happy with or I don't like them, maybe I don't know. I, can't, I hate to even say something like that. Or I'll hear some. I try to find something positive, mm-hmm. you know, if I can. 
and I'm trying to do better at that now in my life than I, than I have in the past. I, I used to be a lot more critical of people than I am now. Maybe I've aged a little bit, got a little bit more mellow, no, you know, that, that sort of thing. That can't be it. But I, uh, I do try to find at least something. If I come and hear Jason preach, he might have thrown out a stinker or something like mm-hmm. that. But I'll, I'll try to find something about it. I'll come up to <laughs> try to give him an encouraging word to help him get up there next week and do oh, better kind of a Jason, thing. Jason, that, 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 uh, yeah, that, that, that was something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It doesn't have to be critical. Well, there it was. <laughs> Most people, I know when I throw out a stinker, I know it before it's over with. I don't need somebody to come up and tell me, you know, that kind of a thing. All right, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I mean, this kind of sums up the whole thing. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit that is within you, for our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians tells us this is the temple of God. There, there is no physical temple anymore. The, the bodies of believers of the body of Christ is the temple of God as we exist now. And, uh, you know, how can you grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, you grieve him by doing all of these things that we've already mentioned. Mm, Um, You know, how, like like I talked about as a Christian, when I see, you know, the the anger, the hatred, the bitterness, or I I see the people that are just saying, like, so ungodly things and acting in such ungodly ways, it grieves my heart, it grieves my spirit. And so I can't even imagine you know, what God, the Holy Spirit goes through when we ourselves mm, yeah. act like that and how you we expect grieve better. Or, you yeah. expect better. Yeah. You're just like, how can, how can any person act like that to another human being? And yet we do it all the time. And I, I, I've heard this kind of preached uh, one time. I heard a, a message that talked about how we weary God and weary in mm-hmm. these verses like, like this were, were used. And, uh, yeah, I, we got to be mindful. We got to do better, guys. We really do. Verse 31 says, Let all, here we go, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along <clears throat> with all malice. Well, that kind of covers it all. Yeah, all, and, and all, I'm sitting there, all, all. Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking, once again, this is a decision we make. We got, we got to make a decision, you know, to clean up our words and do better in our speech and. And it's not to be eloquent in our speaking or anything, you know, that kind of thing. But we just got to be more mindful of the effects of the how, what we say and how we say it and all that kind of thing. But it's a choice. It's a decision. I can walk around in anger and I can... Have you ever... It's, it's easy for preachers sometimes to preach in anger. And I used to do a whole lot of preaching in anger. And sometimes it's effective. You know, in in certain situations, it may be your sarcasm or whatever, and that's effective. But a yelling preacher, it, it doesn't get them anywhere. It really doesn't. And, and the reason why they yell is because nobody's listening. Out of their frustration, you know, they get frustrated, and then they start getting louder and louder and louder, and before you know it, they're yelling. But I'm the type of guy, and I know you preaching, you're you're like this too, that you you kind of demand a certain amount of um, authority. You know, you, it's people to listen, mm-hmm. or, or you, you kind of expect that. And so you start yelling sometimes looking for that authority or something. But what I've noticed is is that when you have that authority, you don't need to yell. Mm-hmm. You see, it, 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 it's there. But it's the same thing when you're, when you're commuting. Once it breaks, once the... the the tension or the disagreement or whatever it is with a fellow believer or whatever, once it gets down, broken down to 
name calling and yeah. yelling and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's it's already trashed right there. Nothing constructive is ever going to come out of that. Yeah, I've heard of. Uh, I've never had one myself per se, but I've I've heard of other pastors talk about really contentious business meetings where church members are cursing at each other and you know one guy yeah. threatening to beat the other guy up in the parking lot after the business meeting. You're like, brothers, we should not be acting like this, right? Yeah. But this bitterness thing is important. Like in verse 31, it's let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, evil speak. Bitterness, there's even a verse in Hebrews that says let, that if any root of bitterness yeah. comes up in us, you know, and, and when you read that out of Hebrews, it basically says that you're disqualified from ministry if you allow bitterness. to. You can't have that bitter spirit in you and be... Um, well, and it saps all the joy out of ministry. Yeah, it and, saps and, all the joy out of the church. And if there's no joy in the ministry and no joy in the Lord in the church, then the church is going to die. And we've got that responsibility. It's chapter 4 here. we got that responsibility of advancing the gospel, advancing the, uh, the church, and all that kind of stuff. Well, God's not going to use us in that if, if there's a bitterness in our spirit and wrath and anger and clamor and spe evil speaking. Well, and, and talk that. and talking about the like watching what you say too. It's a good good rule of thumb I've always heard. And you know, as I do a lot of woodworking for hobby, and uh, you know, good rule of thumb for woodworking is you always do what you measure twice and you cut once. Right. And you do that because you know I know how to read a tape measure, but sometimes you read it wrong, and it's like if you don't measure twice, you make sure you got the right measurement. You'll cut and it'll be too short and it won't work. So I had I had a, a person tell me this one time, and this by the same principle, we should think twice and speak once. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I have I have a huge problem. I mean, I mean, you know, of shooting my mouth off before I think, and so I'm I try to be, you know, more cognizant of that and be, you know, try to make sure I'm okay. I think it, and I'm going to say it, but I was like, no, 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 maybe we think it again and yeah. rethink this and make sure, is this wholesome? Is this uplifting? Is this edifying? Is this you know, seasoned with grace yeah. uh, about what I'm going to say? Um, I, I remember uh, one of our kids' therapists talked about you know, when we say something, and, and they would say something like, um, you know, is it kind? Is it necessary? Well, you know, that's good. Is it uplifting? You know, the, everything that every word that comes from our mouth should be kind, uplifting. You know, necessary. Uh, to you know, there, there's way too much talking, <laughs> and not enough things that's actually true. being said. Yeah. What's that? What's that? That's a James quote out of the book of James. You know, be quick to listen and slow, slow to anger. Or quick, or slow to speak. There. Yeah. yeah. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Quick to listen, slow to speak, yeah. Slow to become angry. But here's the deal. None of us are perfect at that. Mm -hmm. None of us are perfect at this kind of stuff. We just need to be more aware uh, of it and, uh, and know that uh, these words are important words and, and, and things, and they matter. And then the last verse, mm -hmm. and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And see, these, these things are choices, too. You know, you, you choose to, you know, and this is no lie. When, when someone gets angry, and there may be like an impulsive kind of an anger that comes, but when you get angry, you choose to become angry. You know, there's a choice involved in that. You don't have to become angry. You, need, you maybe need to maybe some exercise and practice some self-control or something. And, and the ideal is, is as you're being renewed, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you know more about what the Lord says in regards to anger and all that kind of stuff, well, you're going to keep yourself in a little bit better check. 
we've got to demonstrate self-control, all that kind of thing. It's not saying that you can't mess up or, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, it's a choice. You know, I can choose to get mad. Some, I hear something that uh, maybe I might take offense to. Well, I can, I can choose to get mad or I can choose not to get mad. I can choose. And what was that stuff he was telling us about over there earlier in the chapter about, about forbearing one another? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I can be offended or I can choose not to be offended. I can choose to give the person the benefit of the, ba- of the doubt. Yeah. What he said might have sounded offensive, but maybe he didn't intend it to sound yeah, you offensive. You can choose not to be offended. <laughs> yeah, that, you really can. Yeah. You really can. Uh, but, but that's uh, not saying there's no reason to be offended sometimes. I do but, want to say uh, one one quick word, and it's probably about all I'm going to say, but um, on this section, but uh, on forgiving one another, just because you forgive someone doesn't mean they've apologized. Mm-hmm. And I think you get some Christians sometimes that feel like, well, if they apologize, I'll forgive them. No, 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 mm-hmm. that's not how it works. It's not contingent. You know, either. you know, Christ forgave those that crucified him. I don't know of many of them that crucified him that, that repented of it, mm-hmm. and so. You know, it's it's you know, your forgiveness is for your sake, not necessarily for theirs. So that you don't hold bitterness and that root of bitterness in your heart. And so, you know, make sure you're forgiving from the heart, just as Christ forgave you, so that you yourself can remain holy and righteous and, and cut off from the bitterness and not give the devil opportunity to set up a stronghold as he talked about earlier. So just just keep in mind, you know, forgiving someone doesn't mean that they have apologized and that all is gonna be well. Uh, sometimes it works that way, and I hope it does work that way for you most of the time. But but sometimes, sometimes that person's just a jerk, yeah. and they're not going to apologize. And you have to still forgive them and move on because if you're holding bitterness in your heart towards them and unforgiveness towards them, it's not hurting them; it's hurting you. And so just be aware of that, and uh, you know, just remember Christ gave forgave you for all the offenses that you have committed, all the sins that you committed against God. You can forgive the offenses that one person gives to you. Amen. And the only thing I'd point out in conclusion is that you go through this chapter again, you look at it, and these things are choices. There's decisions that you have to make. You choose to forgive, you know, that sort of thing. We ended up we ended up with forgiveness. But when you go through this chapter and read it, you can see those decisions that the that that the Lord has given us. There's decisions to make, choices to make. Do this, don't do that. Put put on the new man. Take take off the old man. Put on the new mm-hmm. man, kind of thing. And it's in there. It's in there. And so don't don't ignore that. There's some changes that need to take place, and we need to make those necessary adjustments. All right, all right. That finishes up chapter four. And next week we'll get into chapter five and talk about how to walk in love and putting off all these things of the old man again. And so he's going to carry on this same theme going into chapter five. So you guys have a good week, and we'll catch you next time.